We come to this place for magic. We come to pop pull review, to laugh, to cry, to drink. Because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when we hit the play button and go somewhere we've never been before. Sound that I can feel. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Together. Pop Poor Review. We make movie podcasts better. Hey guys, this is Pop Poor Review the Movie Podcast. I am Matt along with Jimmy and Kelly. Hi. And today we are traveling back to 1984 to talk about number 74 on the IMDb Top 250. Jimmy, what's that num- what's that what's that number? 74. <laughs> you listen. Congratulations. What's the movie? Amadeus. Is it Amadeus or Amadeus? Oh, or Amadeus. Or is it like is it I don't know. It it's Amadeus. Cr- Amadeus. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart is a remarkably young talented Viennese composer who unwittingly finds a fierce rival in the disciplined and determined Antonio Sal- Salieri. Resenting Mozart for both his hedonistic lifestyle and his undeniable talent, the highly religious Salieri is gradually consumed by his jealousy and becomes obsessed with Mozart's downfall, leading to a devious scheme that has dire consequences for both men. I, was, I thought that was going to be terrible, but you pulled yourself together at the end. I think well, I thought I was like, I know it's going to be terrible if you mispronounced the second name, but then you pulled yourself together. So congratulations. I would Thank hope you would be Salieri, able to pronounce it. Like you are Italian. Salieri, I, was, I, I almost wanted to read it like Salari. I almost read it Solari, Solari. but then I'm Salami. like, that's not it. Salieri. Um, the director is Milos Foreman. Is that how he pronounces his, fir- his first name? Milos? Milos. Uh, the writer is Peter Schaefer, who also wrote the original stage play. IMDb rating is 8.3. Ryan Tomato score, 93% for critics. Audience is 95%. The, what, this is what shocked me when I... I think me and Kelly did it at the same time. We looked at like, the box office and the Oscars, and I was like... Because I've never heard of this movie before. <laughs> You've never heard of this movie I've before? never heard of Amadeus Same. before. So, I, mean, I've, I think I've heard about it in passing, but it's like nothing I, that actually stuck with me. And to be quite honest, I looked at the other movies nominated that year. Never heard of those movies either. Um, but the box office was, at, in, 19, in 1984, it was $52 million domestic, $90 million worldwide, which is $135 million domestic adjusted for inflation, and $250 million adjusted for inflation worldwide. I think it had 11 nominations. It was... It won Best Picture, won Best Director, won Best Actor, but another actor also was nominated, won screen, Adapted Screenplay, won uh, Art Direction, only was nominated for Cinematography, won Costumes, only nominated for Editing, won Hair and Makeup, and won Sound. Most of, if, you, if you're listening and you want to know like fun trivia, they had a lot of Oscar trivia for this movie, which I, w- I wanted to put a lot there, but I only had a couple, but you should look at it. This movie, Amadeus, Hurt Locker, and English Patient are the only three Best Picture winners to never crack the weekend box office top five, which I would have thought more movies. I guess technically Coda now then. Technically. And Nomadland. True, and Nomadland. Okay, so now it's five. Okay. What, what was before? No, what was? Uh, was Parasite? Parasite too. I don't think it was in the top five. No, the highest it got was after it won the Oscar was number eight. Um, and this is the 12th and as of 2022, most recent film to receive a multiple best actor nomination, which I didn't, I thought more people did that, but whatever, what was it? 2020 Judas and Black Messiah came out. That was supporting. I was like, oh wait, I think it broke that, but then it was supporting. I looked, um, and then today's drink is called the Requiem. It is white wine and seltzer, you know, simple. I feel like they would drink that back in the day, back when Mozart was alive. So if you're drinking it. Enjoy. Drink responsibly. 
We're gonna, oh, I'm sorry. Before we get in the shotgun facts, Jimmy, can you give everyone a spoiler warning? You are now entering the spoiler zone. <laughs> it's really. I realized before I realized, I hit it. I was like, oh, that's going to be really loud. <laughs> now we're doing shotgun facts. Number one, the film ironically helped spark a revival of salari- 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 Salieri's music, which had previously been, never been successful before. It, ne- it was never really that successful, his music. Uh, number two, only four sets needed to be built for this movie. Sa- Salieri. Salieri's hospital room, Mozart's apartment, a staircase, and the vaudeville theater. All the other locations were found locally, which I thought, I was wondering when I saw the movie, I was like, how much, how much of this is real? How much is it built? And then when I read that, I was like, oh, okay, that answered my question. Because like some of them looked like they were like, I was like, this movie did look like it was almost all location just because how grand it was. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, at one art direction. So I was like, did they build it? I wasn't sure. Number three, despite featuring an international cast of actors, none of them were required to adopt the Austrian, German, or Italian accents that their characters would have in actuality. Everyone was allowed to speak in their natural natural accents in order to concentrate fully on their performances. What did you think about that? I had no problem with it. I enjoyed it. So. I had no issues with it. It's just, um, I think when me and Matt first started, I was like, is that guy just talking in a normal accent? This is weird. But then it really didn't take anything away from the movie at all. Well, I, well, that's why I, at first, that's why I was confused when we first watched it because I thought this was like a straight up period piece. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize this was like a, like the favorite type period piece. Mm-hmm. So like I, I, I like those better. So I was like, oh, okay, like it's fine. It didn't take anything away from me. Number four, back to some Oscar stuff. One of the, oh, this is one of only four productions to win both a, a Tony Award for Best Player Musical and the Best Picture uh, and Best Picture for the Oscars. Jimmy, do you know the other three? I feel like you would know this. Or maybe the other one I have, you might uh, have. My Fair Lady. Correct. You know the other one. I want to say Sound of Music. Correct. I don't know if you're going to get the last one. Because I've never heard of that movie, but you Is probably... Is it a play or a musical? I think the uh, the third one's actual play, I believe. I don't think you're going to get it. I mean, maybe you will, but... Any guesses, Kelly? No. <laughs> Do you mean to say... No. I, your eyes just like rolled in the back I of your head. I was thinking. Um... A Man for All Seasons. I've never heard of that. Oh, my God. I've, I've seen that movie. Have you actually? No. But did you okay. know it was a play? Oh, no, just kidding. I've never heard of it. And then also, this is one of 11 American musicals to win Best Picture. Would you like to try that, Jimmy? You already named two of them. Sound of Music. Okay. My Fair Lady. Okay. Gigi. Yes. Chicago. Yes. <laughs> um. I love Chicago. I can't believe you like Chicago. Come on, the one, you a love lot of people don't. La La Land for like all of three seconds. It's not on there, but okay, um, good honorable mention. Come on, you, you, you should know. One just recently was remade. West Side Story. Yes, oh, I forgot that one best picture. Yeah. Um, oh, that's what I was like. I was like, I know, I want to say West Side Story, but I'm not sure what. Yeah, that's why I was like, I feel West like that would have been your first South one. South Pacific. No, that's a lot of movies for him to know. I don't. Well, I figured. Okay. Do you want me to say them? No, hold on. Okay. He likes a challenge. I, I knew I knew Gigi. <laughs> um, There's one I feel like you definitely would get. Another one. Sing, no, Singing in the Rain only got one nomination. Um, one has an exclamation point in its title. Does that help you? Airplane. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hair? No. No, hair didn't It's work. definitely not hair. Does hair have an exclamation point? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Mamma Mia? No. <laughs> Here we go again. You hate that movie. I know, but it has an exclamation okay, point. Okay, I'm going to read them, and I'm going to repeat the ones you said. There's the Broadway, the Great Zigfield, Going My Way, 
An American in Paris, Gigi, West Side Story, My Fair Lady, The Sound of Music, Oliver, exclamation oh, point. Oh, Oliver. Uh, in Chicago. You said half of them. You so. definitely, I don't, I feel like you probably wouldn't have gotten the first, like, four. No. The Great Ziegfeld, I feel like you could have gotten. I, no. No? No. What about, like, 42nd Street? No. That wasn't a... Did I list it? Well, that jazz. No, Cabaret, no, Cabaret lost. It won everything but, like, Best Picture. Um, Are you trying to... Oh, now what, you're just, you now you're just like... Sp- no, for some reason, I'm like, I felt like there was one I was missing, and it was like Cabaret. But you're but acting like you're still trying to guess. I'm like, I, I am just still trying to guess. I just told you but all he the just guesses. Told you all okay. Well, I, didn't, f- I didn't know if they considered Cabaret a musical. Why do you keep okay, talking about it's Cabaret? Not it's not on the list. list. It's not in the list. It won Best Actress oh, and Best Director. Okay. The next one, apparently, you, spoke, you mentioned La La Land. This movie at the Oscars had a La La Land moment, but it's a little sadder. Uh, when the movie won Best Picture at the 57th Academy Awards, Sir, Sir Lawrence Olivier. 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 Okay, it's okay. Okay, this is a film podcast now. Please know how to say Lawrence Olivier's okay. name. Sir Lawrence Olivier. Olivier. Whoa, Olivier. Olivier. That's not how it's spelled. Yeah, the Olivier. R is, the R is silent. You should okay. You went. It's French. You should know how to say Lawrence Olivier. I know. Name. I know. But I'm just every time that's, I look at it, I see that, er, and I think. So don't read it. You know the name. Okay, Sir Lawrence Olivier. Was presenting the award. He went up to the podium, opened the envelope, and just said Amadeus. Um, the problem was he forgot to read the other nominees first. So he pulled. Who else did that? Who literally just um, recently someone just opened it and was like the winner. The old. It's an older person. Was it? Jane, oh, was it, it was Jane Fonda. It was it? Fonda. It was, was it Shape of War? No, it was. It was Liza Minnelli. I was about to say, wasn't it just Liza yes, Minnelli? Yes, Coda. Who was just like well, Coda, and everyone was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> Someone so he, please check to make sure she read the right thing. So he did the same thing, and someone came out and was like, that's correct. He forgot to read the things, but apparently it's because like he had like dementia, and I was like, oh. How old was he? He was like 79 at the time, but that's why I was like, it got like, as I read it, it got depressing, and I was like, oh. But the guy who, the producer who came up saw Zentes, um, apparently like then went up and was like, oh, thank you for all the award, uh, the nominees and named them actually. But, but this was the other ones. This is why I said I had no idea who these were. Oh, the Killing Fields I've heard of. I've heard the Killing Fields. A Passage to India, never heard of. I've heard I've of heard that. Of That's the a passage very famous of film. Um, Places in the Heart. Nope. No. And A Soldier Story. Actually, I think I've heard of that. I've heard of A Soldier Story. Those were the other nominees. But those are my shotgun facts. We will be right back. Hey, Dog Biters. Mike here, host of the Man Bites Dog podcast. I came here today to give a little promo for our show, but I made the mistake of telling my co-hosts it might be funny if they came in and were mean to me. Uh, well, here's how that went. Hi, I'm Mike Hill, host of the Man Bites Dog podcast, a game show where I ask you... F*** you, Mike. Okay. That, all right, well, that's unnecessary. Oh, you're unnecessary. Okay. F*** it, I'll do the thing later. <laughs> what do you want us to say? I was being mean, you f***ing... Oh. All right. That is yeah, true. Right. He was doing what you asked. Okay. Thank you, bro. It's not my problem. If you have a problem with me talking to when you say talk to me, say something mean. I said something mean. And you're going to be like, oh, don't, don't just do it by myself later. I already deleted everything I wrote. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Man bites dog. It's a lot like that. Except there's less bleeping. And there's a news quiz. Oh, God. And we're back talking Amadeus number 70. What did I say? Number 74. Did we like it? I did. I, uh, well, we, we, to be, to be fair, we did watch the director's cut. Yes. Well, theatrical cut is not available for us. I to watch. could not find the theatrical. Cut. I wonder why. Uh, is there like a reason why that one 
is gone. Mm-hmm. I think they remastered the director's cut. So like they're like, why would we have this unmastered, unremastered like film? I guess when we have like a 4K remastered version of the director's cut. Kelly, did you like it? I liked it. I thought so that it was too long. No, yeah, I, I, I was very pleasantly like I said before earlier. Like I'd never heard of this movie, so I was very pleasantly surprised by this movie. I was like. This was a fun movie. Even though it's very long, that was my one critique with it. It was a really this good movie. This paved the way for the favorite. Because the favorite got to go a little raunchier than yeah. what this could have well, been. Well, the theatrical was only rated PG. Yeah. And then the I guess because there was the girl's boobs, I guess that and made it R. I, in the Insane Asylum. Oh, yeah. So there was, so was it just R for the nudity? No, there's like 20 minutes to see. I don't know. No, they. I have a. I can't. I was going to make a list out of it. It's and like it's, 20 minutes of extra footage. But it's not. I, I think the language... Okay, because there's not much. It's just little scenes. Because he whole, the whole thing was like he came out and was like this is what he said about like the director's cut. He said or like releasing it. He said when you finish a film before the first paying audience sees it, you don't have any idea. You don't know if you made a success or a flop when it comes to the box office. And in the '80s, with MTV on the scene, we were have with we are having a three-hour film about classical music with long names and wigs and costumes. Don't forget that no major studio wanted to finance the film for these reasons. Uh, so we all said we don't want to put we don't want to push the audience's patience too far. Um, so whatever was not directly connected to the plot, he cut out. He said he wanted to do it. He said it was he it was like a mutual thing between him and I guess whoever the other deciding factor was. But he said when um, he wanted it to be the best film for himself. But when we releasing it on DVD, he said it doesn't matter if it's two if if it's two hours and forty minutes or three hours long. So he said why don't we just put everything back in there? So really. I don't necessarily think you need to see the director's cut because he said everything that didn't have anything to do with the plot, he cut out. So I probably would enjoy the theatrical version better, but that's just me. What I did realize when like looking this up is I realized that like I think the reason I liked it so much was one, because they didn't just do a boring period piece. They also put like, I feel like every single person, they put all their effort into it and I feel like it showed, which then like you enjoyed it more because it, it like felt appropriate to the time, but at the same time like, like uh, modern, which I thought was a fun take. It was like the favorite. Like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's like the favorite. Um, it's like the great on Hulu. It's a lot of a it giving it a more modern feel. Not doing the accents really helped a lot. Um, it was a much lighter. It sounds weird to say lighter, but it was a much more lighter affair than I had initially intended. I thought I was gonna be. Honestly, I was kind of dreading watching this movie because I thought it was going to be long. I thought it was going to be drawn out, old wigs, old costumes, like accents everywhere. And like, it's not not saying that I don't like period pieces. I do enjoy period pieces. But this one just kind of it almost I thought it was going to be a labor to watch. And it wasn't. It was just long. Yeah. It was just long. That's why it's number 74 in IMDb's top 250. Except, except um, Elizabeth Burge. I'm sorry. Was I, that um, his wife. wife? I didn't, I didn't I think did anyone was think terrible. She was, I did not think she was great. I thought she was pretty she weak. She was one of the weaker parts. Um, what she else? Wasn't, she wasn't so, I'm surprised this wasn't in your shotgun facts, that she wasn't the original yeah, actress. They, they cast Meg Tilly, and she dropped out like last second. The day before And like filming. Meg Tilly would have been great. To my defense, there was a lot that I had to comb through, so I might have just like by accident deleted it when I was but trying you to do it. But you should have been like Meg Tilly, Jennifer Tilly's sister, Chucky. So it would just popped right to my... Right, like It would have been like, boom, that fact. Yep. Okay. So wait, what's the what's the actual... Like, what'd you say? She... The person who... Meg, Meg Tilly, Tilly. Was supposed to play it. She fell ill out. literally the day before. 
Oh, really? And they brought Elizabeth Burge in to do it. So I'll applaud her for doing for having to prepare for such a last minute role. But like, I really thought, but she was very weak in it. She wasn't the best part, but I didn't think I. To me, there wasn't anyone who I was like, I don't like that person. Like it, it, it took me away. Out, it took me out of the movie. I mean, a little bit with like the. Oh, I can't think of his name. The the guy from Beetlejuice, the king. I can't remember. Is that who that was? Yeah, but yeah. every time I see him, I'm like, oh, he's the a emperor. Pedophile. Oh, in real life? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, I. So every time I see him in a movie, I'm like, oh. He, yeah. he was literally in everything. He's like one of those, he he was one of those 90s actors, actresses that was in almost every other movie that you saw, mm-hmm. but never the lead role. Well, always an antagonist of some sort. Well, let's talk about lead roles. Who do you think should have won for best actor? F. Murray Abraham. Oh, okay. Why'd you think, uh, what's his name? Tom, Tom Hughes. Tom, he was very good. He was... Really good. I just. Do you know what he did after this? He really didn't do many more work, and now he's a Broadway I pro- was producer. That. He's a what? He's a Broadway producer. I know he. Well, I looked. I know. I just saw that he was a Quasimodo in Hunchback. I know that, but like he, he kind of like disappeared from acting and became a Broadway producer and was won a Tony a couple of years ago. Well, obviously he's. But I was telling him that I was like, "This is this movie, in my opinion, because it like one, I never really heard of it." And it has so many nominations, and yet again, I never really heard of it. And I was telling Matt, I was researching the actors and actresses, and minus like F. Murray, what's his name? F. Murray, F. Murray Abraham. Like even he hasn't been in like too many big things, but like he's every, more character actor. But now. like still, like everyone else, I was like their filmography is so limited, and it's just like you were in this. It just blows my mind that this movie Amadeus, so many nominations, so many wins, all even like a best was a best actor they won. They won Best Act. It won almost every... It won, well, it won yeah. all the stuff. And, like, it flew under my radar for so long. And all of these actors and actresses, the, like, their filmography isn't even that long either. And it's just, like, a movie I never heard of. Like, I'm yeah. just, like, this is so, this is a movie that won the Oscar that I feel like has not gone beyond that year. And then that's... Yeah, I, it was... I Yeah, because even the other names, it's, like, I never... You heard I've of heard them, of but... A, like, Christine Ebersole. I've heard of her. But like I yeah, was talking to my, we, I was talking to my uncle about licorice pizza. which which movie we we're doing. I was like, oh, we're doing Amadeus. She's like, oh my god, like that's one of the best movies ever made. And I was like, I just never heard of it. I was like, I, it's so, I just find it. Yeah, you're right. It how something that it's like never prestige, like hasn't like carried over. And it's like even when we talk about movies now, like I've never seen an article that's like it's it's like Amadeus or something like that. I'm just like. It's like a movie that has never like left its year. Did everyone see this movie? But like no one has spoken about it outside like of the year. It's weird because it's like you would think when the favorite came out, it would have been a topic like a conversation, like comparing the two. Mm, and I, I don't think it would have compared. I don't really two. think that there. I mean, besides but, being period pieces, I I know you guys keep bringing up the favorite, but I'm just like I don't really see the connection other than that. Oh, I consider it. You piece. just had to pave the way for the favorite. In terms of like raunchy, not raunchy, but like foul humor period pieces. I mean, it wasn't really that much foul humor in this because, again, we're talking about the theatrical cut, which cut out most of it. So, can uh, you say it really paved the way for it? No, but I, I do think the director's cut is more. Was, I remember whenever I would see Amadeus, all I would see is like the director's cut. In my mind, I, I saw a correlation. So, that's why I, w- I, w- I would have thought people would have talked about it, but I guess maybe I'm. 
the only person that thinks that there's I've really never heard anything about Amadeus, yeah. to be honest. And I just find it so strange that a movie with such prestige is just so lost and in I, translation. And or like, maybe I'm just, I don't know that much about movies. Like, I thought when, I did. And <laughs> when we were named, well, yeah, when we picked the name, I was like, because I, I was like, oh, it's a movie called Amadeus. I literally have never heard of that. And then, like, we were looking it up, and I'm like, it's, and I looked it up how many, it has 11 Oscar nominations, and I think I looked, and that's, like, number eight of all time or something like that? I mean, I knew F. Murray Abraham won the Oscar for that film. Whenever I was younger and I would see the poster for it, I was like, I don't know The poster makes absolutely no sense, I feel like. It does. It does. Is it the the one at the end? The play he does at the end about his father. Oh, okay. But I was always like, is this about like a Mayan empire? (laughs) (laughs) That's what it looks like from the poster, yeah. Yeah. If you never knew what it was. But um, yeah, maybe it's just one of those movies that it just... Froze. I mean, do you feel? Do you find that strange, Jimmy? No, because it is about a very weird topic that I don't think many people talk about. I also well, feel like whenever they celebrate the Oscars and stuff, like in like reels of like just like old movies, that never comes up. I don't even up. think I've I ever mean, seen a I've, reel of it. I've yeah. seen. No, I one hundred percent have because I've heard the um who was the two, Tom Holt, Tom Huel, Holt, whatever. I, Hules, H-U-L-C-E. Yeah. Um, I've heard his laugh as Mozart many times. Oh, mm. see, I never... I've maybe never. I've... Maybe so now I, if I looked back... Maybe I know. Maybe you just didn't know it was Amadeus because you're like, you look at a poster and you're like, this is not about That could be it. Mozart. Maybe like if I saw other things now and I'm like, oh, wait, I've it's seen everywhere. that. And I'm like, that made no sense to me. But I was like, oh, it's actually everywhere. And I just... It went right over my head. Um, But now, do you think it was such a good movie because of the directing or of the writing or... Like, who do you think had the more, who had the more leverage there of, like, making it such a good movie? Was it the writing and, like, the story and how it wasn't a normal period piece? Or was it directing how he, like, actually handled it? Directing. Directing? 100%. Well, because this is also his, like, second Oscar win. What did he win before? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, okay, okay. So he was, like, a big known director. So I was surprised when you were, like, no one wanted to produce this film. I'm like, he won That always happens, though. But that always, a movie that's very... We like if you say I want to make a three-hour movie like at first before they cut it a three-hour movie about Mozart like I bet you now people will be like eh, I don't know it it's it, I feel like I don't know why people are always like it's not going to make anything well it's probably because like on paper it's like I want to make a three-hour movie about Mozart it's like oh my fucking god yeah but like I feel like if they saw the script they knew it wasn't like a but no I no no I think that like the script itself and the writing I'm not saying it's bad at all I don't think it's bad. But it could go wrong very easily with the wrong director. Okay, that may I was gonna say, but I was gonna say it could be mishandled very easily if you don't have the right. So that would vision like, that would like raise warning flags for me in terms of like producers and distributors, like because I'd be like, this could go wrong very easily and could cost so much fucking money. But I feel like there are these like movies that they're period pieces and people do go and see them because they do like these big grand. Oh no, yeah. Epics. I'm gonna say like a lot of people do, but I'm saying that it could be it could go wrong very easily with these grand epic type of period pieces, too. I'm always surprised by how period pieces are like it, the ones that do really well because I feel like no one ever t- like I feel like you never hear people saying oh I I just I'm looking for that. It's always well, like especially like modernized period yeah. pieces. For example, I don't remember. I think it did really bad. Marie Antoinette with Kirsten Dunst. That's because like a cult following. Was now. that is no, that I a know, modernized? I, I, yeah. Period. Oh, I never saw that. Okay. I know it's. I know it has a cult following now, but initially, people were just like, "What?" 
and said it was like a huge misstep. I think it was a box office bomb. I'm not really sure. I used to watch it all the time, honestly. Like I personally do actually like Marie Antoinette, even though, but like I know for a fact that people like despised the movie when it first came out. And that could be an example of a period piece gone wrong in an attempt to modernize it. Cause I don't even think Kirsten Dunst had an accent in it. I'm pretty sure she didn't. And it was like, it was Kirsten Dunst and Jason Schwartz. Oh, I always thought that was like a straight up period piece. I didn't realize that was a... No, I, it's Sofia Coppola. I knew it was like a... Oh, I didn't... Oh. From the trailer, I was like, oh, it looks interesting. But I was like, I feel like it can get very boring easily. What? The trailer of Amadeus kind of mm-hmm. didn't show as much of a... That was a... It, I didn't... I had no... When we watched the trailer all together, I was like... <sighs> no, like, yeah. I sighed too. And I was like, oh God, this is going to be difficult to get through. But and I... I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and I was kind of shocked because that was like the director's cut trailer. I'm like, you would think they would show more of the modernized, like how it was, it's not just a typical period piece. And I feel like they went very typical of the trailer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's not even like the one that was, you're not trying to give stuff away. I'm like, it's the one that's for the director's cut. And -hmm. that's the reason probably no one talks about it. (laughs) Because no one knows it's modernized period piece. Or people are just like, three hours, fucking no. But even like the box office shocks me because I'm just like, I would never be like in the 80s be like, that's going to be a box office success. A movie about Is it Mozart. Is a box office success? Yes. They, they consider that a huge. Even though it's 50 million, they only made 90? 90 million in the 80s? I think that's that's a box office success. Yeah. Does it like still count like how we do it now where it's like we should double it? I don't know, but marketing was different back then. So that's why I'm like, I don't know. That's why I'm just like, hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like if we saw those numbers today on a modern movie, we'd be like, it just missed it. Breaking even. Yeah. For Amadeus, though, I would consider 90 million today very. The budget was 15. No, no, 50, you said. Uh, oh, I thought it was. It was a, did I, I thought s- you said 5 0. If you said 15, then obviously I'm way wrong. I didn't say the budget at all. You did. I said the box office, not the budget. You said the box office, and you said the budget of the movie. I never said the box office. I mean, I never said the uh, budget. Didn't you say the budget of the movie? I only heard box office. Oh, 18 million. Never mind. Oh. Just kidding. This movie killed it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, yeah, even if you do double it, yeah, it's still a huge success. What year was it again? 1984. That's what came out that year. Something big came out that, some big blockbuster, I feel like. Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Something strange. Because I looked at, like, the the top ten of that year, and it was like, oh, wasn't still didn't make it, though. But <laughs> I don't even see it on here. You're going to call. Of course, like, you know what? That's why. Here, okay, I think I know why no one talks about it. Because, oh, it's number, okay, it's considered number 56 for the year 1984, but I think that's just because, oh, wait, that's calendar gross. Can you do me a favor? Can you read the top 10 of that year? Hold on. This changes it. It's number 12 of movies released in 1984. Okay. Like, wait, what what, what were you looking at before? That's calendar year, so, like, at December 30th, this... Did well after the new year. Oh, it was like one of those Oscar things? Oh, okay. It's like Beverly Hills Cop is technically the biggest movie of that year, but that came out December 5th, (laughs) so it made most of its money after the new year. I wonder if it... So Amadeus is number 12 of the year. I wonder if no one talks about it because like just really big movies came out that year and it's like it got overshadowed. That's that's like the biggest... Well, they're the top 10. That's one of the... The top 10, it's um, Beverly Hills Cop... Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, shit. <laughs> Gremlins, Karate Kid, <laughs> Police Academy. Guys, I think we figured it out. <laughs> Footloose, Romancing the Stone, Star Trek Three, and Splash. Okay, okay. we're done. Okay, well, like it's it's pretty obvious why no one talked okay. about this movie. 
Guys, we solved the mystery. <laughs> we can end. We can end it now. We, as, we solved it. As soon as you said that, Actually, top ten, I was like, fact, I was like, fucking easy. Okay. Number twenty-one is the Terminator. So Amadeus made much more money than the Terminator. The first Terminator. Yes. Terminator also cost way more than Amadeus. I'm just saying, it's you would. People, was that did that not make a lot of money? Just just not make as much as Amadeus. No. Let's it see how. Let's make, Terminator Two. We made a lot more. money. That's the bigger one, though, right? That's yeah. the bigger one. This is what I wanted to ask because it was based off a stage wow. play. What? Yeah, Terminator only made. Um, seventy-eight point three, but it only cost six. Uh, shockingly, it only cost six point four to make. Yes, I would see this on the Broadway play. Yeah, let me just for oh, yes. Broadway stage. Yeah, so like seeing this, you would be like, oh, I want to see that play. I would see this on the stage. Would you see it? And like, um, if it came to Broadway, no, no, just not interested in it. I would. I'm be. I'd As be, someone who played piano for like fifteen years, sixteen, seventeen years of her life, <laughs> I'd be curious to see how. I don't know if it's like one of those things where it's like it's better on in a movie theater because like, or, or as a movie because. You see more of the grandness as opposed to like you kind of make it up in your mind because there's very small sets and minimalist sets. I would have to see how they do it. I was like, I would like to see it, but I don't know if I would like it as much because I wonder if it's as like funny, like kind of like or as same style as the movie or if they like kind of like adapted it differently. That's it's all that depends on how it they adapted it back to the stage. I'm still going to say a hard pass on it. I just know that I'll be bored. As you said, your piano thing, it made me think of how stupid I was when we watched it. And I was like, this movie didn't get nominated for best score. Travis did. And I was like, oh, just kidding. Not original. <laughs> None of those are original. <laughs> I was like, it's great music. What what happened? Why does no one get nominated? Oh, you didn't. Um, another fun fact, which because there's a lot. There's of, a lot. There was a lot because I was trying to read through the trivia and I even told Matt while you're watching this. I was like, I can't even fucking read through all this trivia. There's way too much going on. But another because it just came to my mind is that. Musical experts have said that every keystroke, every instrument that was hit in this movie was hit perfectly in sync with the overlapping music. So there's not one wrong key. And the miming was perfect when it came to the noise. Well, yeah, they said like, that's why I think like they all gave like like costumes, makeup, the music all gave like acting. Everyone gave 110%. Went all out. And I think that like showed and i think that's why it's so good because if you if you were kind of phoning it in i feel like this movie could once again be boring mm-hmm. if if one you're i guess you're right if one little misstep with this movie this movie could have been terrible yeah but it's i was like yeah i'm shocked i like this movie as much as i did i was i enjoyed it i really did that's like why i'm just like i'm not surprised that people were hesitant about it because mm-hmm. i'm just like this movie is it's so easy to fuck up this movie yeah the more i think about how it was like a direct like the director really held the reins on this, then the more I'm like, oh yeah, but it could go south very quickly. I mean, I was looking at this and about the, as you said, you know, the play. So I was like, you know what? Let me go and try to look at when the play. So it came out in 1980, December 11th. I mean, you had... It only it was only four years later, the movie? Yeah, you had oh, wow. Ian McKellen as Salieri. So, oh my God. Salieri. Salieri. Oh, I Tim Curry this. as Mozart. Jane Seymour as Constance. Oh my god, this is disgusting. Uh, it played for three years. It ran for 1,100 performances. Uh, McKellen and Curry both won on Tony's. And throughout what? the run, they had Franklin Jella. They had De- Mark Hamill, Peter Firth, Amy Irving. And then Roman Polanski did a sta- uh, a s- directed and co-starred in a stage production in Germany, I want to say. And I also heard that the director like refused to cast Tim Curry or Mark Hamill, who both also auditioned for this role. I, I read that like a lot of people, they wanted like different people, people auditioned and I was going to do a list of it, but there became so many that <laughs> I was like, I can't even Mark Hamill. Like when I heard he played Mozart, I was like, and watching Tom Hulse's performance, I was like, 
Mark Hamill would have been fucking amazing in this movie. He would have, but the biggest issue was that Mark Hamill suffered greatly from Star Wars. Yeah. His career never really, like, took off until, like, literally now. Yeah. But it's also, yeah. but if he did the and laugh now, now voice if he did the laugh though, and I heard it now, I and he was the one playing it now, I'd be like, all I hear is the fucking Joker. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able See, to dissociate. It would be funny because like if he would have done it, it obviously would have been before the, the Joker. The Joker. So it's like you hear that, and you're like, oh god, it's like Mozart's laugh. It's so weird. I wonder if is that if when he. I wonder if that when you if you heard it on Broadway was it was it Broadway or was it just in the West End? It was on that the oh, Ian McKellen, Tony's, Tony's, Ian McKellen Tony's. one was Broadway, yeah, Broadhurst Theater. That's a good pairing, Tim Curry, Tim uh, Tim Curry and Ian McKellen. That's great. But like, I wonder if that's what inspired him for the Joker laugh because he pl- he did it before. I'm really curious about that actually. And it was also brought back in oh, no. 1999 to 2000. Yeah, I don't know if it would do well today. I feel like yeah, I don't know. I can't I can't tell. If this is like that would be a thing people are craving for. I think it would. I don't know if the younger. It's definitely not geared towards younger. Yeah, people. the younger audience, like people like younger than us, would like go see it. Except if you're like a huge theater nerd. Well, how would I mean? There's there's plays now that people go and see. I, I don't know. I'm just that in my head, like I'm. No, I see where Matt's coming from. I feel like it wouldn't attract a very large audience. Yeah, you would get like older audiences, people who know the movie, or theater nerds. I mean, you still have Phantom of the Opera playing. You yeah, but that's have... also still also a musical. That's true. It's not a musical, too. Okay, maybe they could make it's not it a musical. A musical. I s- don't think it should be a musical. No, I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying music. that it has to be a musical, but what I'm saying is that it's not that people don't like Mozart, but it's also like, are you willing to sit in a theater for almost three hours just hearing old school piano? That's true. If you think about it, the ones who have la- the Broadway plays that have lasted ages is the musicals, really. Like, has there ever been a play that lasted more than five years? Uh, the play that goes wrong is the longest running play on Broadway. What is that right now? It's not even on Broadway though. Still, it's, it's off Broadway. Yeah. Right what now. is that like? Five, was six years. That's also a comedy. Or years. See, three or four years longest running play. That's what I'm saying. Like so, that's that, a, but that's also a comedy no, play yeah. that they ch- can change whenever the fuck they want. Exactly. Well, they're making a musical. Get on it. Any thoughts before we move on to our other segments? No. Kelly. Nope. Okay, so we're gonna start. We're gonna start with the game. Win, lose. <laughs> For anyone new here listening, the game. I'm coming off a perfect. Uh, did you have perfect last? I had perfect. For Jumbo? No, he didn't. Yeah, I did. I had a perfect. perfect Technically, round. you stole an answer. One of those answers was stolen. Like when she tried to answer, and then you. you but got I it. knew the answer, so I had a perfect. I had. I, I, okay. I was correct. Three Just times. let him have it. <laughs> He's not going to he shut up. He might have a perfect one. This one. Okay. It so. Depends. The rules of the game are: I have three questions, multiple choice. After I read the question and the answers, I'm going to say go. You guys ring your buzzers. Can you ring yours, Jimmy? Kelly, can you ring yours? And anyone listening, play along at home. So here we go. And then whoever wins, wins. Um, number one. The soundtrack rose to what number in the on the Billboard album charts? A, 56. B, 100. Or C, 25. Go. Jimmy. 56. Correct. I have no idea. <laughs> number two. Amadeus is the first Best Picture winner to also win what other category? A, costume design, B, art direction, or C, makeup and hairstyling? Go. Makeup and hairstyling. Correct. If you ask only Oscar questions, Jimmy's going to kill me. Well, the other one wasn't. It was just one Oscar question. And then number three. Salieri had become the court composer to Emperor Joseph II. Who was the emperor's sister? Marie Carolina, Marie Antoinette, or Marie Amelia? Go. Marie Antoinette. Boom! You lost your perfect score. 
You're dead to us. But man. I still won. Is that Marie? You, did. you know what's funny is that I brought Marie Antoinette up and I was like, I totally forgot that and I kept saying it during the movie, but in my when I just brought it up now, I totally like forgot to make that connection. That's why I was like, I'm staying silent on this question, <laughs> on this statement. Um, okay, so moving on, let's now round out our show with MVP, LVP, and then we'll do ratings. So MVP, LVP, Jimmy, most valuable player. Mozart. The guy who played Mozart. What's his name? Tom Hules. Yes. Kelly, MVP. The director. I'm going to say F. Murray Abraham because he's my favorite. Um, Jimmy, you're LVP. Least I'm valuable gonna player. I'm going to say the length. Elizabeth Burge. I, I was going to say, I feel like you're either going to say her or the length. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with, I guess the length. I was like, do I say director's cut or length? I'll just go with length because I, I feel like it could have been just the normal theatrical length of two, what was it, two hours and 40 minutes? Mm-hmm. They yeah. added 20 minutes. I mean, I would have liked to see the original cut, but. Well, that also, I read a big thing that changed. Uh, and one of the things that actually stood out to me was the whole scene where he like is pretty much assuming she has to come back for sex. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't in the, well, yeah. Cause that's what would have made it R. No, I know. Also, but I was that like, made but, no sense yeah. to the plot. But to me that see, to me that made a, a sort of sense. Cause it was just like, he was trying to like drive Mozart crazy and like, let him just like go off the rails. But like, I was confused as to whether she was into it or whether she was not into that. It. I got confused on, but like, I understand like the purpose of him trying to like, just like get inside his mind. She was and like the whole smiling. Family. And she's like, "You ready for this?" And then he's like, "Put your clothes back on." And she's like, "Oh my god, I'm human." Then she threw a lit candle. I was like, "How does nothing set on fire?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, we also forgot to say this entire movie was, was natural lighting. I was I had I had that in my other section where it was they didn't use any mo- was it modern light bulbs? It was all natural lighting and like um, I think they said they used a lot of trace paper on the windows and stuff like that. Which also I think while it was a modern period piece that gave the feel of a period piece which like helped with all like the candles and like the natural lighting and stuff like that which is why i'm shocked it didn't win best cinematography which i was kind of surprised it could go wrong because you could end up like what is it the illusionist where everything was way too fucking dark oh is that natural lighting too yeah the edward norton movie mm-hmm. with jessica biel they kept like touting it being like it's natural lighting it's natural lighting and i was just like yeah it's natural lighting i can't see fucking shit at all <laughs> <laughs> uh and finally we're gonna end the episode with I will give this movie a, I'll give it a nine. Oh my. Kelly? I was going to give it a seven. I was going to give it a seven too. <laughs> I really like this movie actually. 7.7. 7. 7.7. 7. The IMDb score is 8.3. We're not close. We weren't in like a. I'm surprised you were so high. Yeah, that one. I was going to give it like an eight and I was like, I don't know. I just really like this movie. It was just, the story was very interesting. The acting was interesting. The directing was interesting. Everything just was really good. Okay, so I'm never gonna watch it again. I'll be honest. I think you should watch it every day for the rest of your life. Okay, okay. I was just like, I'm never watching it again. I liked it, but I'm never watching it again. Actively watching it again. Will I just click on it? No. Oh, see, (laughs) if it was on like TNT or something, I put it on just like watch it for a little bit. No, that's a good TNT movie. I can see. Are you being being like TNT? Are you being serious? Or yeah, like you know those you know the movies that you're like. Yeah, you, you like, haven't seen in so like long. You haven't seen it in so long, and you're like, "Oh, it's on like USA or TBS." Yeah, this is a TNT movie. <laughs> I would, I, yeah, I would. Too. I, I do the same thing for Titanic. I just I, that's, that's I, a TNT movie. Yeah, I just kind of <laughs> it's on for literally the whole fucking you know, day. I'll also give FX. Yeah, oh, FX. Okay, FX. Because well, now they can probably air but, the director's you know, cut. No, 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 not. But TNT is the best one. TNT for Amadeus. FX is Titanic with TNT. That, yeah. But like, I was. It's one of those movies like Titanic where it's like. It's on for the whole day, so I'm not watching it the whole day, but like with the commercials and everything, but I'll turn it on for like a little bit. You need to give us a clue for next week. There's accents. There's dog. Okay. 
Dog. 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 And thank you, Vanessa. I think you're going to ruin it with this third one. Yeah, don't say the third one. A lot of milk drinking in this movie. A, a, would you say a lot? I would. Okay. I, more milk drinking than I've seen in a movie in quite a while. Okay, we'll, okay. Get, we'll address that next week. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you for listening to Amadeus, number 74 on the IMDb Top 250. We will see you next week for all that milk drinking. And all that milk drinking, those dogs, and <laughs> uh, what was the other one I said? Accents. accents. The accents. So we will see you later. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening. You can hear us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and we want to hear what you think, so leave us a review. Give us some likes on social media at Pop Poor Review. Click around www.poppoorreview.com. Become a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash review for exclusive content and drink recipes. And one last thing before you go, make sure to check out the Titan Media Collective and Titan Cast Network. Enjoy the rest of your movie Monday. That was a Titan cast episode.